The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Season 4 of The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we discuss business agility through customer experience, employee experience, and digital transformation. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at gregkillstrom.com and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile Brand Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about CX skeptics and how to win them over to adopting customer-centric thinking in a meaningful way. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Sammy Newar, Customer Experience Advisory at Medallia. Sammy, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Greg. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this. I know we're both uh, passionate about this subject, so I'm really looking forward to diving in. But first, why don't we uh, start by uh, you giving a little background on yourself and what you're currently doing at Medallia. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm essentially a consultant at Medallia. I used to be a practitioner. I spent 20 years um, creating and managing my own experience management programs at large B2B companies. And a few years ago, I decided to jump over to the supply side so that I, you know, it's an exciting opportunity because I get to help. I get to do the same work, but in the difference being um, rather than doing it for one company or two companies, I'm doing it for multiple companies. I'm helping other companies kind of um, wade the way through the waters. Yeah. Love it. Well, yeah, let's let's dive in here. And um, so we'll start by talking about what I mentioned at the, at the top of the show, how to win over CX skeptics and, and ensure an organization is able to make a more meaningful shift towards customer centricity uh, with the obvious benefit of, at least obvious to us, <laughs> the obvious benefit of, to customers, to employees and to the business itself. So what do you what do you think is the reason behind skepticism? Um, with, you know, that a focus on CX or a move towards greater customer centricity will bring, um, you know, changes to an organization? Yeah, I think there, I think there are a few reasons, but I'll just kind of give you like the primary reason that I think is, uh, you know, just a prevalent cause of this. And I think there's purely a lack of understanding um, of what experience management and what CX really is um, and, and why we're doing this. I think, you know, there's some misperception that, um, if we have a survey and we have data available on dashboards, then um, the business will magically improve. And I think that's a common misperception that I hear. Of course, you know, um, collection methods and reporting methods are core components of a program. They're essential. Um, I mean, I would say they're found, you know, fundamental. You got to start. You got to measure the progress, the work that you're doing, and then show it to people, yeah. make it available. But at the same time. Um, you've got to, you know, combine those disciplines with a host of other disciplines that help to drive the necessary change so that those numbers actually, you know, move in the right direction. As with most elements of change, because I think, you know, what we're talking about is organizations that 
at, at least some within the organization understand the need to shift towards more, um, you know, of a CX focus and customer centricity. But, you know, as, as with any element of change, there's three components, right? So there's people, process, and technology. So even though the latter, you know, technology seems to be the most complex, uh, in my experience and, and, you know, potentially yours, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, it's often the people component that causes the biggest challenge to, mm -hmm. to roadblocks to success. So, you know, we'll talk about the right way to do things um, in a minute, but um, you and I spoke before uh, before the show as, as we were prepping for this, and, and you'd mentioned that organizations are, you know, often well-intentioned and, and, and almost in every case well-intentioned, but they tend to approach things in ways that can often fail to gain engagement and even to motivate employees to make a shift. So what are some of these approaches that, uh, you know, while well-intentioned could sometimes cause more harm than good? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. So um, I would say that the most common oversight that I've experienced in, in my time as a practitioner, and I've also seen uh, in other programs that I help um, uh, consult with, is um, I see a lack of active leadership participation. Um, and I use those, those three words very deliberately. Um, active meaning, um, you know, not passive, meaning you're either on the field of play getting your hands dirty or you're not. Um, and leadership meaning, I use that word pretty loosely, it doesn't always have to be executive leadership, but it, it you know, often does include them, but they should be, leaders at all levels of management, regardless of title, they need to engage. Um, so starting with the top, all the way on down to the individual contributors and, and the people in between need to be engaged and, um, and actively engaged. And then that last word participation, you know, what does that really mean? Um, it really means that we've taken the time to fully define and articulate each organization's role starting with a top leader in the organization. Everybody has a purpose. And um, I just, I see organizations and I've lived it too, where um, those three words were not always true. Active leadership participation throughout the business just wasn't always, um, wasn't always the case. So for those leaders that, let's say the, the leaders that are more actively participating, how can they then work to gain buy-in and adoption towards customer-centric culture and um, with their with their employees, you know, again, they're they're trying to do the right thing. They're they're being more mm -hmm. active in it, and yet, you know, having some struggles and um, you know, in in getting activation from on, from the employee side. Uh, do you have a, yeah. maybe an example you could share? Yeah, there's so much that leaders can do at all levels. Um, you know, one one kind of axiom that I. I kind of stress to clients that I work with is that, you know, the people in the organization take their cues. They take their behavioral cues from their executive leaders, from their leadership. And uh, when we hear our CEO or our COO talk about customer experience in a meaningful way, it resonates. Um, it, it resonates through all layers of management. And, um, and when we see them exhibiting certain behaviors or we hear our leaders exhibiting certain behaviors or saying certain things, we tend to emulate them. Um, I have always thought that the organization and the organizational behavior um, is a reflection of the leadership behavior and a leadership mindset. And in experience management, it's no different. Um, so there's so much that could be done. You know, it's uh, just 
you know, exhibiting and being vocal and being visible about the commitment to the experience management program and, um, uh, you know, make sure we say and, uh, and do the right things that we essentially want other people to do and say as well. I'll give you a perfect example of that. Um, the CEO, I can't mention the company name, but um, there's a large technology company. Um, they make components for computers um, uh, and, and other, other technology, but mostly PCs. Um, pretty famous company. And the CEO, a new uh, CEO uh, just coming on board to that company, um, hosted a leadership meeting uh, covering the usual business topics, you know, essentially our inaugural business review, we're going to cover the you know, usual topics of performance around profitability and so on and so forth. Um, and so, you know, he called all of his direct reports, obviously to the meeting and, you know, you're going to do a dog and pony show and present to me. Um, and so everybody came on board, excited to meet this new CEO. And the very first question he asked of them in each of their business unit reviews was, Tell me what you're hearing about. Oh, tell me what you're hearing from our customers. What are they telling you, um, and what are we doing to manage their experience? And of course, people were kind of dancing around the question because they <laughs> truthfully didn't have an answer to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that moment kind of um, gave people the trigger for the next time we have a business review, the next time we meet, or the next time I talk to the CEO. I damn sure should have an answer, a clear answer. To this question because it's going to keep coming. <laughs> so yeah. it changed the mindset starting with the top down. And that, that question that he asked of all of his direct reports in that day um, sent the signal and essentially their CX program, which had existed, they were measuring the experience, but nobody was paying attention and it probably wasn't done very effectively. Um, their program shifted from a pet project to part of the company's DNA overnight. From the from the leader, that's a constructive way of asking that question, as opposed to you know dictating exactly how something has to get done and and um, and stuff like that. It's a it's a constructive way of like you know almost like you know you tell me how how you're gonna do it and and find a way to solve that problem, right? So it's yeah. I, I mean I always think that it's there is a there is this dynamic between you know it's got to be leadership to your point like leadership needs to take a that leading role in things but it also like employees need to feel like they're driving change too so it's a it's a it's a delicate balancing act right yeah it is for sure so let's uh let's switch gears here for a little bit um to another topic um that's extremely important especially once you're a little further along and you have you've got teams that are on board with cx initiatives um cx governance um, so first, um, you know, from your perspective, uh, how, what do you, how do you define CX governance? Uh, it's a term that's thrown around so much in our, in our, uh, profession. Um, you know, it's a, it's a common buzzword that's not always clearly stated or clearly defined. Um, a few of my Medallia colleagues, uh, you know, we, we met around, we met to discuss this topic, like, you know, it's thrown around a lot and like, how would we define it? We all have our own individual definitions based on our our own experiences. Yeah. But if we had to come up with a collective definition that we would all agree to, with and can, you know, espouse to other people, like, what would it be? And so, you know, we think of governance as a systematic process where a group of people can hold each other accountable to drive some sort of change, hopefully for the better. 
Um, and by driving that change, we can track the progress of the company and of the work that we're doing to ensure that we're moving in the right direction. So, you know, to us, the key words to remember are accountable, change, and progress, those three words. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's a management system composed of people and process. Uh, and what we're managing is the progress of the work that we're doing to drive some sort of change. Why is it so important to have this in place? Uh, you know, again, it's yeah. it's one thing to understand the importance of CX and and even to be able to measure its effects. But you know, why is it so important to have CX governance in place? And and follow on to that, even you know, what are some of the costs of not having it? Oh yeah, I, you know, I can answer both questions with one word, and that's alignment. Yeah, um, it's. Nice. You know, alignment. And it, it, actually, in, in my previous life, when I was a practitioner, I didn't, I never used the word governance. Like, it actually scared people. They thought it was yeah. like the big brother thing. And I'm like, no, dude, it's, we're not here to watch what you're doing, but I am here to, you know, ask ourselves some pointed questions. Like, what are we doing? And how do we know what's working? Um, and so alignment is, the, is what I called my governance program. I, that's the word I used. And that's the one word that I would use to describe what it's, why is it so important so that we can align? Um, we align on many things. Uh, first of all, we align on our purpose. Like, why do we exist? And what is the direction we intend to go? So let's align on that. Make sure we're all on the same page. And then we also align, uh, just as I alluded to before, uh, we align on the work that we are doing or intend to do across all business functions. Um, we're so busy executing, right? And that's not a bad thing. We want execution. But at the same time, we need to give ourselves permission to take a step back every once in a while, you know, periodically, retrospectively assess our progress on a cross-functional on a cross-functional basis and understand, okay, I, I see Joey in finance is working on something and Julie in billing. And another part of the company is working on something too. And I, I can see that their projects are separate and distinct and managed but in their own individual silos. Yeah. But I see a lot of similarities. I see a lot of commonalities in terms of what they're each addressing separately. Maybe they can combine their effort or maybe we could um, uh, you know, you know, kill one project and put those resources toward the other project and expand their scope. And so... Those are the types of questions that we want our leaders to, and, 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 and management um, owners to ask themselves. Um, but it's hard to do that when you don't come together periodically and align on the work um, and make sure that that work aligns to the purpose so that we're all going in, this, in the same direction. And, um, and you know, ask ourselves what, what else can we do um, and why, why not do something else or you know, um, align resources according to things that we're doing. So it's just, just like a car, you know, we're driving in our cars every day. Um, and every once in a while, you know, well, the steering wheel points us in the right direction, right? That's, that's our, our, our right. North star is guided by the steering wheel. And every once in a while, we're going to hit a pothole or a bump and it's going to cause our, our alignment in the car to not go, not, not be aligned with the steering wheel. And every once in a while, you're going to see the car start to drift left or right, even though you're pointed in a certain direction. Yeah. And that's what, that's why we take our cars in to get some maintenance done 
uh, every three months, right? Every three months, you have a schedule to take your car in to get your oil changed, to get your tires rotated, and align the uh, and get a realignment, and that make sure that your steering wheel is pointed in a direction, uh, or make sure that the wheels of the car are pointed in a direction of the steering wheel. Yeah, yeah. the business is no different than that. In terms of of alignment, you know, are you seeing any trends or, you know, there's a lot of different ways to make this work, right? So there's, you know, I've seen working like CX working groups and steering committees, centers of excellence, uh, departments, you know, CX departments, divisions, things like that. Like, are you seeing anything in the, you know, in the industries and, and, you know, kind of company sizes that are trends or even things that tend to work better than others in, in this regard? The, the main thing that I see is, you know, there has to be, um, there has to be a, an infrastructure in place for us to, if we're going to get together and align on things, we're going to, you know, periodically get together and talk about the work and the progress of the work and the impact of the work, um, then we need some tool, we need some infrastructure that can help us, um, you know, facilitate those discussions and do it, you know, um, uh, you know, in a, in a positive way, not, not to beat anybody over the head about lack of progress, but to encourage them and, and maybe ask them what they need in terms of resources. So, you know, I, I've always thought that technology or tools can, um, they're meant to facilitate an environment for us to make progress on things, not to hinder progress. Right. Um, and I just, I don't see enough tools out there that can help companies do that and so i think there's a when there's a lack of um technology or a tool that's got a purpose around it then people adapt existing tools to the certain need so um when i was a practitioner i used um sharepoint um smartsheet i used whatever tool i can get my hands on to keep track of the work document properly but also um, you, do it in a sort of central repository where it's not only accessible to me, but it's also accessible to others in the business so that they have the same visibility that I do. And um, that's that's something that I think is has been missing. I, I'm seeing improvements in the industry around purpose-built tools for this, um, but I haven't seen enough quite yet. I think Medallia's got a couple of answers to that need. Um, but they're not, you know, by any means perfect. They're definitely uh, better than nothing. Um, but yeah. there are a few t- tweaks that even Medallia could uh, apply in that sense. How would you recommend an organization that may be struggling to get started in in moving in the right direction? You know, maybe they're they're stuck, or you know, where how, how do they get started in moving in the right direction? Yeah, um, I mean, I think regardless of where you are in your program maturity, you know, whether you're just getting started or whether you've been doing this for 10 years um, and are relatively mature, maybe looking to go to the next level. I think there's one question you can ask yourself. um, And that's why do we exist? Like, what's the, what's the purpose? Understand what the purpose of the program is, write it down and then communicate it uh, to everyone as often as possible. Um, I think that's the one question. I mean, if I were just getting started in any, uh, if I were, you know, if I got hired tomorrow to a program that's just getting started, or is is mature, that's the question I would ask. It's a it's a challenging question. It's uh, it sounds simple, but oftentimes can be um, difficult to answer. Um, and it sounds like a minor step too, 
uh, because like, you know, maybe we should be able to answer why we exist, but you'd be surprised um, how often the answer might vary depending on who you're talking to in, in an organization. Um, I can give you an example um, of its of the power of that, of being able to answer that question yeah, from, you know, my past. Um, I was at American Bath Group, which is a, a bathware products manufacturer. Um, so uh, the governance structure uh, at that company was relatively easy to establish. Um, the, the CX program, uh, I came on board when there was no, there was nothing there. So I came on board and to establish a CX program and it grew relatively quickly and, um, and, and had a lot of uh, success in a short amount of time. Um, uh, but, you know, and we had taken the time to define our purpose. Um, uh, but, you know, our program's purpose was really built from the company's purpose. Uh, and so I'll, I'll paraphrase the company's purpose for you um, briefly. I'm not going to get it, you know, perfectly right word for word, but I can right. paraphrase it because it's pretty easy to remember. Um, you know, it, the, the company's purpose was a commitment to make people, uh, to make the lives of people better. It was as simple as that. And that was the company's purpose. We want to make people's lives better. And it backed up that purpose with the sort of follow on statement, um, by, you know, of course we make bathware products and we sell bathware products. So we want, we need to make a profit off of those bathware products, but baked into that purpose and the company's DNA was <clears throat> the fact that it shared a percentage of its profits to local charities and community events. Um, so our purpose is to not, our purpose is not to make products and sell products. Our purpose is to make people's lives better. We just happen to do that by making products and making a profit that we give back to the community. And, you know, taking that company purpose helped me establish the CX program's purpose and therefore help people understand why this program exists. Well, um, one last question before we wrap up here. Um, for those that want to learn more about this, you know, dive in deeper, um, do you have any recommendations for something that they can read, watch, or listen to um, that, that talks about some of the things we, we discussed today? Oh, yeah, I've got, uh, there's so much content out there. First of all, you got to start with the Agile Brand Podcast. Of course, um, of course. You've got to listen to this podcast. <clears throat> but um, aside from that, uh, you know, if you had to pick up a book, if you if you're um, a bookworm like me, um, I would say the most important book. I should get royalties from this guy, um, but because I, I talk about it a lot, and it it's really shaped, helped me in in my career, and it could help anyone because the content is so accessible and so easy to understand. There's a book called Primed to Perform. Um, you could Google the author. Uh, his name is Neil, Neil Doshi, N-E-E-L Doshi, D-O-S-H-I. Uh, he's a, he's a, um, he co-authored the book Primed to Perform. It's essentially, um, he took a bunch of sociology experiments that were famous in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Um, psychology and sociology experiments and he he and his co-author recreated them uh they sort of retested these experiments um and then they applied the learnings from those experiments to our our working environments and how we think and how we talk and how we um work with each other the fundamental question that they wanted to answer in that book is um what motivates people how do we motivate teams or people 
and um, they do a really good job of articulating the things that motivate or demotivate people. And I think that's a found a, uh, an amazing book um, that's really well written, and it's the way they write it too that just makes it understandable for the layperson. Uh, you don't have to be a sociologist or a scientist to get it. Um, it's so easy to apply. Nice. I, I'd, say, I, I'd say the other other two books that I give you is um, Human Sigma and Hug Your Haters are the two, other two books that I I would say are must reads. Wonderful. Yeah. No. I gotta. Yeah. I gotta check out. I I never read Primitive Reform. I'll have to check that out. Nice, nice. Well, thanks, uh, Sammy. Thanks so much for joining the show. Um, for those listening, uh, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? I would say uh, check me out on LinkedIn. Um, send me an email, snewer at medallia.com. And, you know, if you need help or want to talk CX or change management or uh, anything related to business, I'm happy to do so. Well, again, I'd like to thank Sammy Newar, uh, Customer Experience Advisory at Medallia, for joining the show. Thanks again for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom. Talk with you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.theagilebrand.show. To get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, visit my website at gregkillstrom.com. Until next week, stay agile.